What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, episode 73. Been a while since we spoke to you guys, so we have a little bit longer of a podcast going this week. So Sean and I led off with Robert Kraft, huge news coming out of New England. Following that, we talked about Zion and the rest of college basketball, although Zion is the only important thing in college basketball. Next, we moved on to the NBA. We talked about LeBron James and if the Lakers and his career are dead. After that, we talked about another dead team in the Boston Celtics, talked NBA MVP. Then we went around our locals with the Knicks and the Nets. Following that, finally, we have some MLB free agency that actually matters and that we actually want to talk about with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado signing. Talked about the Yankees spring training as well. And then finally, we went into the NFL. We went over a few trades and some of the Steelers saga going on. Talked about the locals after that. So enjoy the pod. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. On Instagram, sorry underscore sports. Shoot us an email, sorry sports at yahoo.com. And as always, the podcast is brought to you by SorrySports.com, so check that out. gentlemen we're back it's sorry to interrupt we're back together for the first time doing our own pod uh in over two weeks but it's felt like it's about a month dude it's been a long time it's been a long time uh just want to thank uh mike phillips again for having us on his pod that was a lot of fun um but it's good to get back to our base which is just us so why don't we just get into it man and uh as stories have been going crazy over the last couple weeks um no story I feel like has been bigger than obviously the Robert Kraft situation, which came to the forefront last Friday. Um, we're doing this on the last day of February, so we're about a full week out. So we've had a lot of time to digest it, analyze it, and think about it as we've heard you know, his charges and him now formally appealing. And we're going to see what happens, but just your initial reaction and what are you taking from this, bro? He's 78 years old. Robert Kraft's got to chill. That's all I have to dude, say. Dude, he has not been. Then he was at the fucking Oscars, dude. He didn't give a shit. Yeah, he's kind of gone off the rails since his wife passed away. Um, I don't know. I mean, his kids need to rein him in, but there's a lot of powerful people, I'll put it to you that way, that older men that kids need to rein him in. I'll, I'll just put it to you that way. <laughs> Very powerful. Are people. you making, you want to say some names there or? No, this isn't a politics podcast. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm actually I hope everybody th- knows I, I what think, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, I actually hope his kids, if I know who you're talking about, I hope his kids stay out of it too. Um, True. But no, so to me, honestly, like for everybody who doesn't know the situation, um, Robert Kraft was uh, arrested for misdemeanor of um, prostitu- of uh, hiring, soliciting, soliciting a, a prostitute, prostitute uh, from a soul. Uh, Massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida. You ever and had a massage, Sean? <laughs> you ever been to one of those parlors? Not from one of those parlors. No, <laughs> no. Um, you'd like to think you don't have to pay for that. Um, but anyway, Robert Kraft apparently either does or just really wants to. But the bigger issue at hand here is that the massage parlor in which he had been you know, known to frequent at least twice 
had actually been under a sting from the local police for believing that they there was some kind of sex trafficking going on. And as soon as you hear those two words, your ears kind of percolate and your you know your hair starts to stand up because that's about as shady and terrible as it can possibly get. These girls being there against their will, having to serve acts you know that they don't want to do for incredibly little money. Um, you know, this is a major issue that goes on in, yeah, in the, all over the world. And unfortunately, yes, still here in the United States, apparently Robert Kraft didn't know about that. He just wanted to go and have his fun twice. Uh, those are the two times that he, that have been reported. But regardless, if this is a bigger situation, this could be one of the most ugly situations in, in recent history. So I, I don't know. I'm waiting for everything make, to come out. But I don't want to make a final personal judgment on the guy until I find out, um, you know, what the what the facts are here. If he if he had any money well, sunk was, into it or whatnot, or or if he was not behind it, but one of the people involved. Here's or if my he was question: just going for a quick in and out. You here's know? my question: Even if he didn't contribute any money to that, or he didn't have an idea of how big it was or how bad this could be. If how was, do you not know? Yeah. That's my thing. How do you not know that these girls are money. being are here against yeah. their will and performing acts that they don't want to? You know you're paying almost nothing. Um and so you know that this is a really shady operation that's going on here. And for a guy that's worth multiple billions of dollars, you know, it came out that he did this on the day of the AFC championship game and then flew his private jet to Kansas City. Like what the fuck is going on? Uh, so you would think he'd be. A little I would more think that he'd have that. to know what's going on, though. Yeah, and if I mean, he does, it's not good either way. No, be, and and if he does, then he's got to. He has to turn over the team to his son immediately. He can never be. He can never show up in the Patriots box again. The NFL can't have this. As as tone deaf as the NFL is, and as late to the party as they are with seemingly everything. This is to a whole new level, man. This is the this is one of the owners of the league who is really the modern-day George Steinbrenner of owners in professional sports, if you think about it, due to the winning and the culture that he's cultivated there in New England. Um, he's everywhere. He's mainstream. He's at the Oscars. He's at the Grammy doing everything, you know, wearing these chains <laughs> with his boys sitting at, the, uh, sitting at an NBA game. It's crazy, but... If this is as bad as I think it might get. Now, remember, again, he's only being charged for a misdemeanor of soliciting a prostitute. And I say that only as if that's not a big deal. But in the grand scheme of things, that could be it. I just don't know how he doesn't, wasn't aware of this being a place where possible sex trafficking was occurring. Clearly, the local authorities believe that that, that, that was what was going on here. Yeah, and it's not like he just happened to find out about it and he was down in Miami. I mean, if you're going to go there and then fly PJ over to Kansas City, I, I mean, clearly you've been there before, so and, and you're aware of it. And so I'm not he gonna... definitely knows more than he's leading on to, and we're never going to find out all the details. But... Well, I don't know about that. I think we are. I, I think So he has a lawyer appearing for him in court in April. Because it's a misdemeanor, he does not have to be present. So... At least in that sense, you believe that the enormity of the situation isn't quite there yet. But the, all indications are that there are even bigger names than him that are involved in this place. Wow. From local. And every 
anybody can start pinpointing names. I'm not going to say them because I don't want to throw them under the bus for something that they've arguably not it. done. Let's hear it. I'm not going to do it, man. I'm not going to do it. But there are some local, big name local people that live in Jupiter, Florida, that apparently have frequented this place. Jeter? No. So, okay. but. Um, all I know is that it's a really shitty situation. It's a really shady situation. I'm not going to go down God the rabbit you, thank hole. Thank God you don't think Jeter's involved. He's not involved. The this prince. isn't in Miami. Our blessed boy. This isn't, this isn't well, South Well, he has a house Beach. in Jupiter. I know, but he's not, he's not even rumored to be one of them. So all I'm going to say is that this is disgusting. Tiger Woods? It's freaking weird. That's one of them. Whoa. That's one of them. Big on the time. Name. But that's, again. Dustin Johnson? No. The other DJ? No. Donald Someone J? Like, oh, oh, no. Older celebrities. Donald J? No. He's not He's not in on this from as far as from every name that i The producer that of The Apprentice, Donald J. Trump. I'm, I'm well aware of who you're talking about. No. The <laughs> answer continues to, to be in, in no. In case you didn't know who that was. Yeah. Well, everybody should know who that is. <laughs> um, Tiger Woods is in there? Nice. <laughs> Would Stupid. that surprise you? No. Again, these are just people that the media has said, oh, well, if the authorities are saying there's other high-profile people Jones? local down there. No, he's not either. Stop yelling names and let me just finish this up. It's a shitty situation. It's a weird situation. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of saying, oh, well, you're worth billions of dollars. What are you going to a place like that for showing up in your Bentley? You know what? Everybody has their vice. Apparently, this is his. $57 for a rub and tug for him apparently is what is what is gets him going. So this is just, if you don't want to fly somebody in, if you don't want to, you know, go to a nice hotel, if you don't want to have somebody in your, one of your multiple mansions, whatever, man, it's just freaking terrible. It's really weird, but I gotta say of all the words that I would use to describe this, my first reaction surprised wasn't one of them. No, I'm not surprised. This guy's wearing a fucking chain that like even rappers would think are, is a little big. Yeah, you know, even you know the guy, even Flavor Flav would be like, "That's a little <laughs> yeah. much." Um, and, and dude, you I, need to calm down. This guy's flown off the rails completely. He has, and and you, he's trying to act. Not that I want to. I don't act like this now, and I don't want to act like it when I'm thirty. But he's trying to act like he's thirty. Well, we wouldn't be friends if you acted. Like yeah, and, and I'm not that type of person, and I think that's a heinous act. But I mean. He's 78. I know. Chill, bro. Chill. He can't, man. He can't. Uh, I mean, and you're also a billionaire. Like you said, there's other ways to go about this. Yeah. He's doing... Yeah. There's a lot of other ways to go about it. I'm not going to discuss how many different ways there are. We all know. Anybody that's listening or has a, even a slight a bit of, imagine, of imagination can I put up an idea of what else he could possibly do. The options are pretty limitless, but uh, to have to go Honestly, down, to have to go fiscally responsible, but have, he wasted a PJ to pay $57. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me, which is why the overarching issue of possibly being involved in the sex trafficking situation is really what's concerning because I'm not willing to let him go. There's no way he's not aware of something really shady going on there. So of course, anyway, act. that's how we had to start our first pod back together Classic in a couple NFL, weeks. terrible act, yep. horrible guy. And the clearly. typical thing here is, you know, he Goodell works for him, 
So they already have a tenuous relationship. What is he going to have to do? I don't think he has to sell the team. He can just give it to his son, which, you know, well, should have just expedite the process because I think his son should be more involved anyway when you're 78 years old. At least you see Stephen Jones down there in Dallas being the GM and making a lot of the player personnel decisions. Sidebar, Jason Witten's back. Yeah, I know. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm just glad he's out of the Monday night booth. True. Um, but anyway, so that's our piece on Robert Kraft. I'm sure more details will be coming in the coming weeks and months. Anyway, let's go to a sport that's actually going on right now, and that's the state of college basketball. We have not discussed this, um, so for everybody listening, I'm sure you've been nauseated with it, but you haven't heard our take, and ours is the most interesting and the most entertaining, so we're going to give it to you. Yeah, Zion had a little issue with a shoe uh, back in, what was that, eight days ago against North Carolina um, and Cameron Indoor for the most highly amped game between Duke and UNC. And God, I can't remember how long. And then those games are always crazy. I think the most expensive ticket was for like, it was like twenty five or uh, $25,000. Yeah, it was, it was absurd. Three Pre- G's will get you in the door. Yeah. President Obama was there. I mean, every, everybody was there and it was 38 seconds in until Zion blew out a tire and, and missed the rest of the game. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of the way North Carolina won that game? And also all the repercussions that have been coming in afterwards. First of all, um, I think the whole Nike stock going down. I get it. I get it. That's a, That's an immediate jump thing, but everybody's got to relax. It went down 1%, but it did go down nonetheless. So you know who makes it wear that shoe though? Duke, obviously. Yeah, of course, they're a Nike I mean, school. I know how this stuff works. I mean, Sean, come on. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that for Nike, it's not a great look, but they're going to recover. They're going to be fine. The interesting thing, and I guess I'll be our sneaker correspondent because I like to think I have a little more swagger than you. I, you know, I have a couple pairs of Yeezys. Humble brag, not to brag. A lot of Jordans. It's not Jordans, really a brag if blah, I don't blah, care. Blah. Um, you know, I, I. I'm into the I'm into the more streetwear fashion thing than you are. So Nike's gonna have to drop the bag on him. Like you, th- you don't think they will? No, I know they will, and they're yeah. gonna have to. My my point is this: is they already have egg on their face, and if he goes out I there, I love and that you science, have to hype yourself up. By the way, to talk about a conversation, it's, it's not really, a big deal. It's really nice. I shouldn't have to. I'm CEO. Everybody you shouldn't knows. have to, but yet you um, feel like you have to every time. Um, but well, I just wanted to give somebody a background. Like if I'm wearing Cole's <laughs> Cole's uh, cat, pair of pro heads over here, they're going to be like, "What is this guy talking about?" Um, but back to the point: if Nike doesn't sign him, that's like doubly bad. So now they're going to have to give the guy, you know, uh, LeBron. I forgot what he got when he came. It's going to be like a three hundred and fifty million dollar yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. This guy before he even steps on an NBA court is going to have close to a half a billion dollars from Nike, which is insane. Yep. Um, just to get the egg off their face from this little incident 38 seconds into a game where they didn't put the glue right on those Paul Georges that he was wearing. <laughs> Which, honestly, if he gets his own shoe designed and there's a lot of technology going into those, LeBron wears a different style, Kobe wore a different style to fit all of their their bodies and the way they're, they pivot and blah, 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 he'll be better. But from from the game standpoint, I think Duke was pretty much broken i mean they clearly don't have that much depth nonetheless they don't have a rim protector at all and you've seen that in the following games um they almost lost the game to virginia they tech. did lose to virginia tech they lost that game yep i thought i thought no, they, they lost 
And that was just a dunk fest. I mean, those guys were going to the rim with no fear. And I can tell you right now, they wouldn't be doing that if Zion was standing there in the middle of the floor. And they just look like a broken team, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, they, they did beat Syracuse by 10 uh, after Bayheim's unfortunate situation uh, a couple days before. But, yeah, man, I mean, it was it was really – as somebody who was just looking forward to watching that game with no real bias um, or, you know – no stakes involved. Uh, I was disappointed. Obviously, you you hope he, your first reaction is, "Oh my God, there goes his ACL," and then you know you see him walk off the walk off the court. And now this segued into a whole bigger situation, which is, should he just shut it down? And I don't know about you. I hate this conversation. And, no, and I'm of the I'm of the the opinion of Zion's his own person. None of us are going to make the money that Zion's going to make, and none of us are going to have his career. So let him do what he wants. Yeah. That's me. Let's put it this way. You can't can't really tell one person from the other side of the argument they're wrong, right? So from one side is, listen, he's made a commitment to this team. If he's healthy enough to play, he should play, and they should try to – help them win a national championship all well and good from, from a fan as somebody who can't wait for March madness. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for too, obviously. But also he shouldn't be having to be playing for Duke in the first place. This one and done rule is bogus and we've all known it's bogus. And unfortunately it takes a situation like this for us, for the NBA to start talking about, Oh, maybe we'll institute it by 2022. Do it now. These guys, if Zion Williamson stepped on an NBA court to be the second heaviest guy in the league, and that's not because he's a big fat guy. He's a freaking freak of nature, man. This guy's a monster. Everybody knows that. I hope he plays if he's healthy because it makes it so much more interesting. It makes the tournament that much more provocative. He was must-see TV. He was... The mar- he was the name on the marquee when you walked into Cameron Indoor. Yeah, it was Duke Carolina. Yeah, both were ranked in the top 10. All that's well and good. The reason those tickets were nuts, the reason former President Obama was there, was all to see Zion Williamson. If you want to shut it down and it's a business decision, I can't hate on the kid for that. This might have scared him, and he said, I'm not playing again until I'm going to the NBA Combine doing stuff and knowing I'm going to be the number one overall pick. But from a competitive standpoint, this is what scares me about college athletes. We already see the the football players sitting out meaningless bowl games, and once they start sitting out Rose Bowls or you know college football playoffs, and now we see the best and most well, interesting saw player. Saw with Nick Bosa this year sat out half the yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. And he had come. He had and an injury. And he more just decided to, to stop. So. We had seen cases like Leonard Fournette, like sitting out the Sun Bowl. Obviously, that game didn't matter, and you can't blame him. But if Zion sits out the tournament and he's healthy enough to play and doesn't want to, I can't blame him. But on the other side, I'm going to be really disappointed because that ruins, that tarnishes everything. Absolutely. And I don't think he's going to just by watching him play. And he doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy. Um, but, but, But back to the point, you're right. Both sides of the argument are... You really can't argue with the other side. They're both right, which leads me back to my point. The only right answer is it's up to the individual. In yeah. this case, it's up to Zion. If it was, you know, the guy on um, Murray State, what's his face? Oh, John Morant. John Morant, and, and he had a scare like this, and he said, yeah, we're going to make the tournament. We're really good this year, but I have a chance to make millions and millions of dollars, and I don't want to throw that away. Same thing. Yep. 
It's your choice, man. Go get your money. Yeah, and these guys, again, you know, I understand the why the one-and-done rule was in, put into inception. It was obviously because they didn't want more Kwame Browns and Sebastian Telfairs, but now you have this G League, which you could utilize as like a minor league system. You know, draft a guy. If they don't turn out to be great right off the bat or they're not a Zion Williamson or they're not a Kevin, Dur- uh, Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James, obviously, then you know what? Put him down in the G League and develop there. At least you're playing against other NBA, you know, talent talent who are either trying to get back into the league or there's other really good young players who are uh, trying to get into the league for the first time and break through. That would make it so much better. You don't have to have this nonsense. And if kids want to come out of high school, at least they're being paid by their organization to play in this G League, develop, and then by the time they do come up to the NBA, they're not one of these guys that three years in is a bust, has no money, and has no education. So I hope that they start to utilize this G League a little bit more and just get rid of the one and dones because it's not good for college basketball either. You know, we're fans of college basketball. I'm a UConn fan who's never had any kind of talent like a one and dones. They've had great talent. You're a St. John's guy that's seen some really good players come in, but they. I mean, UConn had a couple one and dones. Did no, Rudy Gay go one and done? Andre no, Drummond? Rudy Gay was a two year player. Drummond was the Drummond was the one. Yeah, but you know, Kemba played. Four he was years. three years. Three. three. Yeah, Shabazz was four. Um, Karan Butler was two. They had Richard Hamilton, who was four. Uh, Ray, Ray Allen. Allen was three. Because a lot of those guys weren't, you know, McDonald's All-Americans. Rudy Gay was probably the best. Emeka Okafor, he was started as a senior. All on down the line, those were always guys that, you know, start, played as freshmen and got better later into their careers as they became upperclassmen. But it's, it's not good for college basketball, in my opinion, if you have your Kentuckys, Dukes, Kansases, and then you have your outliers like an LSU that gets a Ben Simmons or something. And yeah, it's fun to watch these guys, but it's also like, I don't care about this team. They should be developing their program. I want to see guys. Part of what's fun about following a college basketball team is you see the progression from a guy from his freshman year to his sophomore year to his junior year. And then, you know, if they do stay their fourth year to their senior year, that's what was interesting about Shabazz. You know, he won a national championship uh, playing in the same backcourt as Kemba in 2011. Sophomore, not that good. Junior, started resurrecting his career a little bit. And by his senior year, he was a leader. And it came full circle and they won again. That's pretty cool to see. On these one-and-done teams, that's not happening. And it's just, you know, a recycling bin. Everybody's just come in. Okay, you're out. We're going to lose four players this year. Great. Um, I want to see these guys in the NBA. They should ha- They should be able to get paid, get rid of this stupid idea that There's no romanticized idea anymore in college athletics, in big-time college athletics. This is a business. Coach K makes millions of dollars to coach at Duke. Duke makes millions of dollars to have Zion and those players show up. Same deal at Kentucky. We all know what's going on. These players don't get a dime. They don't care about their education. They hardly have to go to a class, and the class that they're going to is nothing like the rest of the students on campus. It's bullshit. Get them out of there. Send them to the NBA, and then let college basketball grow again with like actual programs developing players who are getting degrees and you know pushing through and becoming good NBA players down the line if that's what works out yeah I definitely agree with you and it's not like college basketball wasn't watched when LeBron James skipped out on high school no or or you go down the list there was still great players in college basketball that went on to have really fruitful NBA careers so I'm in complete agreement with you and I want these guys to get paid 
Period. Yeah, especially with the amount of money that they're making for these schools. Yeah, and that's, that's the crazy the thing. The one and done. And for thing. ESPN, I mean, ESPN makes Duke games prime time every single night. Who's watching those games? Only people to watch Zion, basically. Yeah. R.J. Um, Barrett, really good player. Cam Reddish, really good player. They Trey Jones, really good player. I'm not tuning into Duke to watch them. I'm tuning in to watch Zion. Yeah, no, you make a good point there. But, I mean, I think the pay the players thing doesn't really have anything to do. It's more for college football than it is basketball because going straight into the NFL from high school is not really a thing. But for basketball, I think it's more the one-and-done rule. And they're a lot closer to getting that done than NCAA football is to paying the guys. Yeah, and again, with I think it's with any sport, trying to pay these players because – what are you gonna have a payroll system? Like should Tua get or Trevor Lawrence get a couple million while the second string defensive lineman who's making the same sacrifices as them get paid, you know, four hundred bucks? Like it's hard it's hard to have a payroll system like that in college. It it really is. I, I don't think that I don't think that you should close the door if they believe that they can go in to a league and they could play. I mean, we saw Trevor Lawrence that guy could play on Sundays right now. Tua could probably play on Sundays right now. I like the fact that, especially in football, it's just a, such a different sport that they should stay for three years. But basketball, we've seen too many, you know, LeBron James's and Kobe Bryant's and Kevin Garnett's come into the league and be incredible. So um, that's my take on that. With that being said, yeah, who was the first college player to ever? Who, who was the first high school player to ever go straight to the NBA? Oh, a little trivia. I don't know. You got me. Moses Malone. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Did yes. not know that. Sorry, well, guys. Sean's not that bright. Oh, please. All right. So why don't we talk about uh, the rest of college basketball? Because there is... A, I don't know if you knew this, but there is other teams besides Duke. Uh, is there really? Yes. Oh, wow. Absolutely. So we'll go down the leagues. We're not going to go over scores this week. We're is just one of those teams the quick... team that beat them that night? Yes. Oh, okay. UNC. Um, so we'll start off with that with the ACC. UNC has heated up of late. Uh, They've been really good Duke. now for a while. And, yeah, and Duke is uh, Duke is really struggling. Like you said, I guess they lost to Virginia Tech. Yeah, know. that was yeah. They they ended up losing that game. It, they were right there, but they just couldn't put they just couldn't put the finishing touches on them. And much to your point, you know, they didn't have anybody clogging up the middle, so Virginia Tech was really able to take advantage of that. They scored a lot inside. And uh, UVA keeps rolling. I think their only two losses this year are to Duke. Yeah. And they beat Louisville. And I think they held Louisville to like 10 points in the second half. Yeah, which they, was crazy. they embarrassed them. That was their defense. And when they play like that, you know, they don't need to score 65 points. And then in the SEC, we have another team. This is this is a top-heavy league right here. And they, they might be the strongest because LSU is making a run. And their coach is in a lot of trouble along with um, what's-his-face from Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah. Possibly with that wiretap, Miller. But yeah. um, you know they're they're rolling right now. Yeah, they, they actually were, they cracked into the top ten for a little bit. Yeah, they did, and they recently beat. Um, I think they beat UK and Tennessee. I they think beat two top five teams. Yeah, they, I know they beat Kentucky a couple weeks ago, and they did beat just beat Tennessee. So they're playing really well. Yeah, absolutely. So those two, those three teams still are pretty strong. Tennessee looks to have fallen off a bit, though. Just a little bit, but I still like them a lot because I think Barnes is a tremendous coach. Admiral Schofield is an insanely talented player, and I could see that team still going all the way to the Final Four. I could too, just because of the defense, but they need to have a little more fight in them. They've kind of fallen off of recent, just from what I've seen. Next up to the Big Ten, Michigan State gets a huge win against Michigan. Yeah, that was a big um, game, 77-70. I think they have the player of the year on their team in Michigan State, and Michigan seems to fall back a little bit. 
Just I a don't little understand. Bit. Um, defensively, they don't have as much fight. And I don't know. Their best player is supposed to be Jordan Poole, and all I see him do is pull up from from NBA 3 every every once in a while. He's a turnstile on defense, so I don't know. They're really going to have to step it up in Michigan. Yeah, I think uh, Izzo heard me on uh, – on our collaborative pod the other the other week, so got his guys fired up. Yeah, he uh, that he coached a great game, and Michigan State really came to play. That was a game in Ann Arbor um, when Michigan was ranked number seven, uh, and, and Michigan State was ranked tenth, and they went in and won by seven, and they they were very impressive. They really put the clamps down defensively. They just drained them on on Beeline's uh, Wolverines there, especially towards the end. So. That was a big time win for Michigan State. I got to give credit where credit is due. I'm not saying March is though. No, no, not not yet. Um, moving on to the next league, that is the Big Twelve. Texas Tech looks to be the best team Did in that league. Did you see what the score was when they beat Kansas last weekend? Was it like weekend? seventy-two to forty-eight or something it, like that? It was. It was by about that margin. I think it was. I think it was like ninety-two to sixty-eight. Oh, okay. It was insane. Yeah, they just blitzed them. It was. It, it, like Kansas, they might as well have not even gotten off the bus. Yeah, no, I knew they won by a big margin. I just didn't know they scored. Is it, are that we seeing many a points. changing of the guard now? Is Texas no. Tech going to win this conference? Changing of the guard for the year, but Kansas will be back next. No, year. I just meant for this year. I mean, oh, you're, yeah. you're going on 100%. 13 straight Big 12 championships. 100. percent Sorry, Will, but I, I think this is Texas Tech's year. Geez, it's hard to say no after that. I'm really looking forward to the Big 12 tournament this year i mean that has been the kansas invitational but that might change especially with azabuki out next league we got is the big east as st john's just lost to xavier but i don't want to talk about that you sure i'm positive i still think st john's uh mike phillips is definitely going to agree with me on this one is still a shoe in for the tournament oh yeah they have too many good wins um so marquette lost to villanova um and they are still on top of the league so i think the top three right now are um Marquette number one, Villanova two, and then St. John's is in somewhat of a three-way tie with, I believe, Georgetown and Seton Hall. Yeah, I was going to say, I know Seton Hall's up there. Can we just talk about Jordan Howard real fast? This guy is a stud. Yeah. I mean, he has gotten Marquette to be the cream of the crop of this conference. I can't wait to see him in the Big East tournament at the Garden and then going into the March. draft stock's going up and up and up. he has been ridiculous. We haven't given him nearly enough play when we've talked about the Big East and Marquette individually, but... God, that boy, that guy is so freaking good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the final league, that is because we don't talk about the Pac. We are not a Pac-12 podcast this year. Why should we be? No. The team sucks. Uh-huh. Or that league sucks. So the American, Houston, and Cincinnati, and everybody else. Sorry, UConn. Yeah, Houston is just a really good team. Uh, I got to say, that team, They, I know their competition that they're playing with the exception of Cincinnati, is nowhere anywhere anywhere near a top twenty-five spot. But that team plays defense. That team can score in bunches. Remember, they were a Sweet Sixteen team last year, and I think they have a lot of motivation to get back there and then even further. So this team's had, you know, been playing with like a like a man on a mission all year long, and wouldn't it be funny that a team like a league like the American that has not put out really any brand name puts a team in the final four this year. That would be pretty cool. Although UConn won them when they were in the conference. They were their first year, but since then, I mean, it's kind of been a shit show. So Houston is the, Houston's the leader in that, in that conference. And it's not even close. All right. So let's move on to the NBA. So first thing we're going to talk about, I'm sure you, everybody can guess this LeBron James playoff mode activated. I don't think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs this year. No. 
Um, and I had them going as a four seed, and I I was wrong. I feel pretty stupid. A lot about of people that. were wrong. That is ap- That is crazy. I think I picked them seventh. Um, we definitely both had them going. But to I playoffs. know I had them in the playoffs. Listen, I'll say this: this guy has sabotaged this team. Yeah, he is the single reason why they won't be a playoff team, and it's not because he ha- he was hurt and missed a month plus. This young team, he tried to trade everybody. Yeah, they're broken. The only guy who's they still playing out there is Kuzma. I mean, Ingram, I gotta say, Ingram's played well lately. Ingram's been all right, and I think he's going to be really a really good asset on another team and a and a pretty good player. I don't know if he'll ever make an All Star team. Lonzo's been hurt, so what else can you say about him? Conveniently, been hurt the last two All Star breaks yeah. or the last two trade deadlines. Kuzma's Kuzma. Yeah, he's fine. Good player. He's a very, very poor man's Scottie Pippen because he can't play defense like him. No, he's a good player. Um, you know, like a really poor man. <laughs> how poor? But when Extremely. You're, when you're looking at this team, though, it's LeBron who's kind of caught in this crossfire between you can see part of him sometimes wants to just give up and say, eh, I'll mail it in, play here next year, get fully healthy. But then he's also like, no, 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 no. I can't not be in the playoffs. So it's like you got both of him, you know, both of his personalities dueling each other simultaneously on the court. Well, since the All-Star break, I think the Lakers are sitting at 500, right? I think if they go another week and a half, 500, LeBron's, his groin really starts acting up again. Yeah. And they just shut him down for the year. I just don't know where they go from here. Well, if they don't get Anthony Davis. Exactly what I was going to say. Here's where they go. They they better get Anthony Davis. Or, I mean, honestly, is it is it the craziest thing in the world if LeBron requests a trade? No. I don't think he'd do it yet, though. I think no, you're, no, you're no, probably no. Looking talking two about, years in. I'm talking about I maybe think he, next trade deadline. I want to know, and we all understand, especially with the news of Space Jam 2 coming out in two years, that he's going to be starring in. I know you can't wait to see that one. No, Space Jam is one of my favorite movies, and I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I, I, we understand he went to L.A. for other reasons. You know, he owns biz, other businesses, two houses be, in Brentwood. Yeah, he he's he he loves it there, and it's much nicer than Cleveland, even though that's what? his home. But what? Cleveland's a great place. Yeah, there's there's a song about Cleveland and how good it is. Uh, if you YouTube that, that one's pretty good. Um, but I don't know if he really understood just how bad this situation is. Lonzo Ball is not very good even when he plays. I'm not a Lonzo guy. I am. I'll buy all your Lonzo equity. Do you think they'd rather have him or D'Angelo Russell right now? Oh, of course, D'Angelo Russell. Okay. They fucked that up big time. Okay. But you can't blame Palinka and Magic. No, he wasn't. That was th- a pre-thing. They weren't there. But I'm saying this has been going on for a while. And then, even if that, you at least would have had Brooke Lopez, who's a star on this Milwaukee team. You don't think LeBron would like to run the pick and pop playing with Lopez? Uh, no, I definitely That's, think he would. That was a Magic and Palinka move. So... They they have a lot as you said they have a lot of egg on their face man they're not they've made some really bad player personnel decisions they tried to kind of make this whole stew with like weird pieces like a JaVale McGee or Rajon Rondo who's those 
why are you bringing in another guy who can only be effective with the ball to play with LeBron James, who has the ball all Rondo the time? Rondo played really well against New Orleans, so and since he came back, with he's New- been playing pretty oh, well. Oh, last night? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you, but like in the big picture, he has to he has to have the ball to be effective. Oh, he can't shoot, and he doesn't do anything off the ball at all. So, so, but I LeBron's the the point forward there. So it's like the only way this thing works out know. is if they is if they trade for Davis, which Michael Beasley's now in China. Yeah, no, they they cut so him that loose didn't really work. quick. Um, basically, the best this is what the Lakers should do, and I'm gonna put on the GM cap really quick for you. This is a quick one. Cool. LeBron gets a Fugazi groin injury. The Lakers... Well, I think he is a little limited. Whatever. Whatever. LeBron's groin really hurts. Maybe he slept on it wrong or something. I, I don't know. Maybe he goes down to that Miami <laughs> place that Kraft went to. Jesus. And he just pulls something, right? And then it's quite he's the out for the year. It's it's a little bit of a tank. Maybe, maybe you play a lot of uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope and a few of the other trash guys that they have on there. Let Rondo run the show. You get a high, as high of a pick as you can. Maybe, let's say you get the seventh pick. Then you trade for Anthony Davis. You hope that nobody else comes up with a better offer than next keep Zion next year. Fingers crossed. And you sign Kemba Walker. That is the absolute only thing that will make this Lakers thing any better. Yeah. And that is the only way LeBron is winning or coming close to winning a championship. Because Kyrie, I don't see him going back there, no, although that's no, been floated no, no, out no, there. No, 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 Another guy, D'Angelo Russell, he is not going back Nets there. Nets are locking that guy up. I don't know, man. I mean, he's a restricted free agent, so they can re-sign, but I'm hoping the Knicks throw some cash at him. The Nets will give him whatever he wants. I, if he's a Nick, that'd be amazing. He's not going to, so um, keep dreaming. But yeah, I mean, if you start looking up and down the I thought you were getting Kyrie. Market, don't worry about D'Angelo I'd rather Russell. D'Angelo Russell. I mean, with the knee problems. Wow. Like, with the knee oh. problems. Okay. <laughs> How about this? We're, we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, but fuck it. Um, Kyrie Irving's 26. D'Angelo Russell is 22. 22, right? So that is a Listen, by the way, I do agree with you. I just can't believe we're saying this. Yes. Not to mention that D'Angelo Russell's averaging, I think, 20, 28 a game. 28 some, a game. 28. In sense, yeah, and in February, he was, he's was he been averaging 36 a game. Yes, and he also doesn't have multiple knee injuries. No. Now, listen. Kyrie Irving's got a better better handle, and he's also been in obviously much bigger moments. But he's been in the league for a lot longer. Um, but D'Angelo Russell's only going to get better. The only thing that he doesn't do is go to the free throw line. When he starts drawing fouls, which he's got a lot of hesitation moves, he can he get a to lot the bucket. In him. Well, yeah, I hate to compare lefty to lefty. I no, just no, no, feel no, like no. it's lazy. It, no, I don't think it is because if you watch him play, he he does have a lot of Harden in him. He doesn't get to the line. If he could get to the line a couple more times a game. He's elite. But he's, he's an elite he's, player. You can see when he takes those step backs, when he can break someone's ankles on a crossover, it's Harden-esque. And he's a playmaker, too. He's aver- he's taking 10 threes a game. game. That's a, vo- that's a high volume. And he's averaging ridiculously good. 36%. So he's shooting it at a pretty high clip. Um, he's shooting them from way, way deep, too. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of confidence. And, and he can run the pick and roll really well. I would love him. I, I Honestly, man, and, and it's crazy to say this because Kyrie Irving is probably my favorite player in the league just off of his game. I would take D'Angelo Russell over. I would too. And that, that to bring it all the way back to the Lakers, you gave up a guy because he had a little thing with Nick Young. You took Nick Young's side as a team? 
Yeah, no, uh, that's really bad. Nick Young's and not I even don't in the think league. LeBron really NBA under- champion. Nick that's Young. right. Sorry, got to give him that title there. I don't think LeBron understood really the enormity of this situation. I don't think he knew how bad they were. And no, I, I think, and I wonder if in just a quiet moment, I think by Magic himself, really sugarcoated that one. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I mean, if they get Anthony Davis and they can get a good point guard, now all of a sudden that team should be. And between this but. thing and and the 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 fight between other agencies, because we all know LeBron has something to do with clutch sports with Maverick Carter, his BFF since he was a kid. I mean, I, I don't know. There's just a lot going on. Well, this is a question that we were asked by Mike last week. I just watched them play, and even though they beat New Orleans last night, it was not inspiring. New Orleans, if if Anthony Davis could play more than twenty minutes, would have won that game. Yeah, he yeah. had he had twenty two points and eight rebounds in like twenty, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, he played exactly twenty minutes. So it's a shit show. I mean, by the way, the NBA. I love Adam Silver. I think he's awesome, and he's very in tune with how the league is looking and and social issues and whatever. Can you make New Orleans make a decision on this guy? This is a joke that he's healthy and they're not playing him. Can you make New Orleans make a multiple decisions? One, are they going to stay in New Orleans? Two, are they we'll going to sell about the that damn later? Team? But right and now, three, are they going to trade the guy? But right now, this guy has to play. You're intentionally losing games when this guy's healthy, and you're not going to play a guy who could be the MVP this year just based off of his skills and his numbers. Give me a fucking break. That's a joke. That is a joke. You're right that about they that. gave away that game to the Lakers. If anything, because you know the other guys on that team are all in. They want to play hard. They want to win. They want to you know go into Staples and shut up LeBron and the Lakers. And the and Alvin Gentry's just like no. No, uh, Anthony Davis, you had your 20 minutes. What is this? October well, yeah. 21st? And as much as we can fault Anthony Davis for, the guy had 22 points in 20 minutes. You hey, can't fault him. No, he played great. Uh, and it, it's just, I, 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 this is the part of the NBA that I hate. I, yeah. that's, it looks really ugly, and it looks really bad. And, you know, the Lakers were going to lose that game. Now, what if they ride a little confidence just because they, they were able to steal a game in which New Orleans decided that their best player was just only going to play 20 minutes? Yeah. So LeBron's in a lot of trouble, and, and this isn't short-term. This is long-term trouble. Oh, big time. And he's probably the second greatest player of all time, but I don't know, man. Is this the way you want to end your career? Well, that's why your point to start this off is, is there a chance he asks for a trade? I think is very legitimate because if things don't go the way he wants them to, I think he knew this year was going to be a work in progress. Cause you also have the warriors. Upstate. But I think, I think he knew, I think he thought, all right, we're going to get a six seed or a four seed. We're going to go out in the second round and then I'm going to have AD and somebody. And I'm, well, first of all, he thought he was going to have Paul George. That's number one. Well, that's another rip. thing. Yeah. Um, but then after that, he quick pivot. I'm going to have AD and I'm going to have Jimmy Butler or this, that, and the third. And we're going to go to the finals next year. You're not even making the playoffs. And then this whole AD thing blows up in their face between clutch sports, the Lakers and AD. And I mean, nothing good has happened for LeBron this season since he signed with the Lakers pretty much. I mean, your key free agent signing this year was who? Rajon Rondo? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of those like one-year deal guys. I, I mean, know, my point exactly. Yeah. The best guy you signed was Rondo. Right. So literally nothing has gone well for the Lakers and doesn't really look like there's a light at the end of the tunnel right now. No, especially, this AD deal especially because Sacramento is everything that the Lakers aren't. They play together. 
They play fun, inspired basketball. They're well coached. And you know that they've lost all four games to the Warriors this year. You know what the total margin of loss was? Ten. Wow. Ten total points to the to the Warriors this year. I would not want to play. If I saw a one eight matchup of Warriors Kings, I'm watching every minute of every one I of those games. I would not want to play the Kings in the first round. I think the Warriors would wipe the floor with the Lakers. They would Lakers would probably win one because it's LeBron, but I think the Kings would put up a better fight. Yeah, I think so. I don't too. really want to see. I can't believe I'm saying this because as much as as annoying as he is, and as much as you hate him in the moment. We do have to appreciate LeBron for what he has been and what he is as a player. I don't hate LeBron because he bothers you, me on the court. You have to look at this: a guy who who was grew up with with a tough situation. Oh no 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 no! I'm not talking and about he that. Came up I don't hate from him as a person. Years old, I hate the only mistake he made was the decision. I I don't care about that. I don't. I he's listen. He's a family guy. He's been with the same girl since they were 16. He's got a family. All he wants to do is come home, drink wine. Watch, entertain, and then go watch his kids play. Yeah, he is a great person. Obviously, you know, what he's done with his philanthropy, building the school in Ohio. I mean, it's phenomenal. You can't say anything about that. That's not where I was going. I can't stand him on the court. He's a crybaby. He complains all the time. His mannerisms are very off-putting. And on top of that, this year, he's just been a really shitty teammate. You know, what did he say the other day? These guys have to make a decision of whether they want to be winners. And if this isn't the place for you, you need to leave. You're the one who tried to trade everybody on this team. How do you expect they're going to feel? They know you don't want them there. And and they know that you don't believe in, in their talent or else you wouldn't have done or made it so public. So I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't really want the Lakers to be in the playoffs. I don't really want to watch LeBron. I kind of want to watch this Kings team. They're a lot more fun. Well, I think the Kings are slotted at the 6 or the 7 right now, so they might even be higher than that. Uh, But let's move on to the Boston Celtics because this Lakers thing will not be solved until the offseason, and it looks like they're going to miss the playoffs. And this Celtics thing is almost as bad. Almost as bad except for the fact that they're in the Eastern Conference, which there's a bunch of shit shows going around, so you can kind of cover it up, especially when you're actually in the playoff hunt. So, the Celtics are crashing and burning. They just recently lost to the Portland Trailblazers, and Damian Lillard After looked a lot. After getting waxed by the Raptors. Yes, and Damian Lillard looked a lot better than Kyrie Irving out there on the floor. Um, I, I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, Kyrie Irving goes from, what, four months ago saying, I'll come back if you guys would have me, to you know now him us not knowing. I guess that's good for Knicks fans, because we're probably not going to get D'Angelo Russell, so I'll take Kyrie, I guess. I guess. Um, I, I don't know, man. This makes Brad Stevens look bad as a head coach. Pretty much everybody looked bad. Jason Tatum pulling up fadeaway jumpers all day. I haven't seen him go to the free throw line in about six weeks. Gordon Hayward's up and down. I keep saying he's going to be back. He's going to be back. I might be saying this next year. Well, I called you out on our collab pod because I'm like, I just don't know how much longer you can say this. This team doesn't look good. No. This team hasn't looked good. Really, since the beginning of the year, they've had a couple of short spurts where it's like, okay, this is the Celtics team. But in reality, there's no team chemistry. And I got to put it all on Kyrie. 
he's been a really shitty teammate. I don't know if he took a page out of LeBron's playbook when they were in Cleveland, and now, you know, ever since he called LeBron and apologized, he feels like he has to take on this leadership role when he's clearly not a leader. The rest of the team doesn't buy into what he has to say. Yeah, and, and you, you know, know who he, the leader is on that team? It's Al Horford. You don't hear that guy saying anything. He does all his leadership behind closed doors, which is what's and leads by example, which is what's supposed to be done. Exactly. All this recent stretch from the Celtics has shown to me is Kyrie is gone come July 1st. There's okay. no way he's staying on well, this team. Again, it is a fractured, near-broken relationship that will just continue you know, to delay the inevitable because they will be in the playoffs and they'll probably win a series. But, jeez, man, I can't believe this. I mean, he's... The comp, just the comp between LeBron and, and Kyrie this year is just ridiculous. It's they're the same for each other's teams. I mean, they're they're destructing their team. Yeah, man. I mean, the NFL you have horrible heinous acts, and then the NBA is just if you want to watch a live soap opera, this is soap opera. This is what you watch. It, it's constant drama. I'm getting a little tired of it, to be honest with you. Oh, I am too. I just want to watch some fucking basketball sometimes. I love the trade rumors. I love the fantasy teams that they're putting together and all this. You know, But there's a time me, and a frequent, place for that. I frequent the NBA trade machine, but then it's just a little too much for me now. Yeah, what was it the other day? Like Devin Booker was seen wearing a D'Angelo Russell all-star jersey, and then immediately people started to say, how can the Nets get Devin Booker? So, Wait a minute. They're not getting Devin Booker. They don't just have relax. the cap space to get Devin Booker. Oh, they have he plenty just... of cap space, but they don't have the assets. Well, they don't they have the assets, and if trade. they want to get two max players, they're not going to get Devin Booker. No, of course not. And how much better? Point. Yeah, and how much better is he going to make you? I mean, he's a great player, but if you're going to have to give up Levert and all these other guys, I, I mean, I'm not even going to waste my time with it. It's stupid, and I don't know why people brought it up. Let other people, let players wear other players' jerseys. It's fine. doesn't mean that they want to go there, and it doesn't mean that they are going to go there even if they want to. Dude, who's your MVP right now? Honestly, my MVP is obviously Giannis. It's not even close. The team's going to win 60 games this year. I believe I picked them as my Eastern Conference favorite on our most recent pod with Mike. I think that he is he could score 40 points a game if he wanted to. He's just dominating everyone. He's playing incredible defense. And then my runner-up right now, obviously, um, Harden's kind of cooled off a little bit. I think it's Paul George. That guy is insane. Mm-hmm. He's the best forward in basketball because Giannis is a center at this point. Who is, who is it for you? Because Giannis is my head and shoulders, not even close. MVP. I want to argue with you, but there's no way I can. It's you Giannis. You it's Giannis. And, and right now, second, I would put it between a tie between Paul George and James Harden. Pussy. Paul George has been Sorry. fucking amazing. That was unnecessary. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> Paul George has been fucking awesome. But I do think that we got to give Westbrook a little bit of credit for the way that they've played together. Because he's allowed him to become this guy, I think. And really take charge of this team. But come on, dude. I'm not a, I don't love watching Harden play basketball, but that team's second best player was Austin Rivers. No, you're right, and I was and I he was won, screaming and for when that. everybody was done and hurt and ineffective, 
he was single-handedly winning them games. And I don't you're, think he's going to do this in the postseason. Part of why he's cooled down is I think he's just tired. You're 100 percent right. Anybody would be. But if they're a playoff team, if they're a fourth, if they're the fourth seed in the West or something, it's going to be because of that stretch that Harden had in January into February. You're 100 percent right. But that's just a testament to how great Paul George is playing, in my opinion, because the guy's averaging like 40 points a game oh, in totally the month agree. of February, and he's been awesome in big moments too. Uh, they've both been great, but. Now we're just getting into semantics because we're clear-cut favorites that Giannis is the MVP for all the reasons that you mentioned. All right, so let's go over the locals really quick. Um, why don't we talk about the Knicks first, okay? You sound really excited to talk about the Knicks. Why in the fuck <laughs> are you winning basketball games right now? I need you to be a bottom three team Don't in worry the NBA. about that. They're going to be. I need that 14%. They've won three of four. They beat the Spurs. Then they turn around and beat the Orlando Magic. What is going on right now? I appreciate the hard work, Fizdale, but you know what? Put in the guys that are sucking with three minutes left or two or, or four minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, I loved what Mitchell Robinson did against Orlando with the six blocks. I loved it. I was excited for it. Right I don't even know, like 13? 13 or 14. Okay. You're going to end up in the bottom three. Don't worry. Not about if that. they keep winning fucking games. They're not going to keep winning fucking games, dude. They're, they're ha- I think it is. Talk to me at the end of the season when they win like four of their last five. Well, that's stupid. But at this point, listen. Then they've done this before. I think it's important to win one or two let's of these not games. Let, let's not let history. Let's not let history fool us here. Because I agree with you, but at they've that, done this before. They have, but in times like that, it wasn't till mid-April, and they were on the precipice of being a bottom three team. They are entrenched in being a bottom three team. They are so bad that you don't have anything to worry about. I think it's actually, I'll argue with you, I think it's good that they're winning a couple of games, especially against a team like the Spurs. Now, the Nets beat up on the Spurs the next night and you could see the Spurs what they go one and nine on this road trip I mean it was it was a disaster for them from the get-go but you got to win a couple games you need to see something from your coach you needed to see something from these young players that they can close out a game here or there you're not gonna have to worry about them winning 10 of 12 this team is really really bad I hope a couple of games here and there against teams that are brand names like the Spurs that doesn't hurt. Remember that game they beat the Bucks back in like early December when I forget who who dunked over. Oh, uh, Mario Hazonia like dunked over Giannis. You know that was the last game that they won in the Garden before this past Sunday night. Good. Yeah, of course. But I think it's valuable to win a couple of these games. I know you're going to be so bad for the rest of the year and have been that you don't have anything to worry about. And the other thing too is like look at a team like the Hawks. You know that they're not that far out from playoff contention now from the eighth seed in the East? They already got their lottery pick. They already had all that fun. No, I'm, but what I'm saying is like they're they're not as bad as you thought. Even the Bulls have been winning some games. Marketing looks good. Yeah, so I I don't think you have anything to worry about. I hope you listen, are talk really, me off really the bad. Ledge. Talk me off the ledge here because I hope not. Let's talk about the Nets. You just because- won two games in a row. That was more games than you've won total in the last two months. You're fine. All right, you're probably right. Let's talk about the Nets before I have a conniption over here. They are current as currently constituted the sixth seed. They're in the six in the playoffs, right now. but they're only like three and a half from not even in the playoff picture. That shows how bunched up like. Five so that means who are. would they be playing? They'd be um, playing Indiana if the season were to end right now. Ooh, 
Well, Indiana's going to fall a little bit more because they are missing. We think so. But they have played very well. They've been treading water really well. They've played well. I don't know how sustainable it is, but Sabonis has been awesome. Um, they've had they've gotten some really good contributions up and down that roster without Oladipo, but the Nets are now I think what are they three and two out of the All Star break? Um, they got killed by Portland. They're two and two. They uh, beat Charlotte in a really close game in Charlotte. They play each other again tomorrow in Brooklyn. Um, they killed the Spurs right after the Spurs lost to the Knicks, and you knew they just wanted to get the hell out of there on the second part of a back to back. But last night was a bad performance. They lose to the Wizards. They actually gave up 68 first-half points to the Wizards yesterday. Not good. Um, Wizards basically could do anything they wanted. The Nets couldn't stop them. Russell had a great game, but nobody else showed up. The only encouraging thing from that night was looks like Levert's starting to get his feet underneath him and get a little more confident shooting. Dudley had some good performances uh, with a couple of threes. Spencer Dinwiddie will be back tomorrow. The Nets now are fully healthy. Now, if they can just find ways to get everybody into the into the lineup and play when they need to, because well, I'm confident in Kenny. I am too, but you can see there's times. You know, like Kurok hardly played the other night, and he was the main reason why they, along with Russell and Dinwiddie, why they started winning a lot of games back in December, because Trevion Graham was contributing really well to that team yesterday. So. I don't know. It, it's a it's a tough situation uh, when you have that many players that you can give minutes to. Damari Carroll's had his moments. Obviously, Dinwiddie's been really good when he's played. Um, and well, Levert's a star, a star kind of player. He just needs to get back in rhythm. Yeah, I think you're more worried about your guys like Carroll and, and um, the other two Dudley guys. Dudley and Hollis Jefferson. Yeah, because Dinwiddie and Russell are going to play big-time minutes. Those are your guys. You just locked up Dinwiddie, and you're probably going to max out Russell. So yeah, I would think those so. Those guys are probably playing 30 Joe Harris tonight. has been great. He's now the leading um, three-point shooter in the NBA as far as percentage is concerned. If so, carrying through after that three-point contest win. No slump. I like that. No, no he's been slump. Aw- He's been awesome. So, I mean, they were a lot of fun to watch, but last night was a poor performance. But they've got they've got a stretch now where they've got to go on a run. They've got Charlotte coming in tomorrow. Charlotte's right on their heels in the playoff push. Um, and then they've got the Heat on Saturday before coming back, and they've got the Bulls and a couple other teams, the Pistons, before going on a 10-game road trip out west which will involve the um, the Trailblazers, the Lakers. That's huge because that's going to make or break them right there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing basically everybody tough out You'd west. Take Oklahoma City. Out there, though. Yeah, I probably would. Uh, just depends what the other teams do. So, um, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic about my netters. They are they're fun to make watch. The playoffs. I think so. I, I think, they're, though, they're at the point now where if they don't, it would be very disappointing because – they have the players. It seems like they have the health. Good. You need some Where they should do it. Wow. I don't think so. Yeah. Alabama won. Whatever. You need a little disappointment Alabama didn't in your win. life. Oh, yeah. You're right. Fuck I forgot you. about Asshole. that. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot they lost. They got the fuck. They got their asses handed to them, too. Sorry about that, Sean. No, you're Let's not. Move not on. A little bit. Let's you're move so on to some MLB after talking NBA. Oh, my God. This is actually, we have so much baseball to talk. This Finally. Is awesome. Awesome. So here we go. 
I was gonna make a song. I tweeted it out. Wake me up when Machado signs. But you know what? I didn't put I didn't put the little uh, the small print next to it. If he signs with the Yankees, I'm not making that sign. I'm not making that song if he signs with the San Diego Padres for ten years. So you're Fuck not that. recording. No. So what do you think of the deal? And you pissed the Yankees didn't do it. No, not at all. I'm not mad that the Yankees didn't throw money away. Um, I would have been pissed had he signed with Chicago for the eight, seven, eight years that were rumored for for whatever price that was. But I mean, when you go out to when you go out to San Diego and you sign a ten year, three hundred million dollar deal, Manny Machado's great. He's probably a top three player in baseball. But the Yankees aren't willing to do that, and I'm fine with that. I'm happy with the Yankees offseason thus far. Troy Tulowitzki hit a home run in spring training. Two now. The bat speed looks like it's there. Um, the glove looks really good too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do you? How do you feel about this deal altogether? This is a huge deal for Manny Machado. I don't think he'll be on the Padres in four years, if you ask me. Well, that's the interesting part. Um, they signed Eric Hosmer last year, and they had pretty much signed him, telling him that we have more in store. They also have the number one rated farm system in all of baseball, with prospects like a Fernando Tatis Jr. And a He's couple a other guys a couple who are talented enough where they could maybe become the next Houston Astros. They're they they've got Eric Hosmer, they've got Manny Machado in the corners, they've got Tatis Jr. ready to come up. They got the catcher Mejia last year from the Indians for Brad Hand. They're totally pitching deprived. They have almost no starting pitching or relief pitching. Well, they have the best farm system, and not a lot as far as pitching is concerned from their top end prospects, most of them, if not all of them are position players, but we've seen the model of the Houston Astros and of the Chicago Cubs develop a young nucleus as far as your position players and everyday lineup and fill in the pitching later. Clearly they have plenty of money um, after throwing around. They've signed two of the top free agents from the last two classes with Eric Hosmer and now Manny Machado. For Machado, I don't think he wanted to be here. This is not the place he had envisioned when he became a free agent. He said all the right things in the press conference because he had no other choice. He went where they where he got the most money. In 10 years, $300 million, $30 million a year, that's a really good deal. And he's going to get killed with the taxes out there in Cali. But I think he's going to be just fine. Are you this auditioning could be for either, his accountant no, job or no, I'm, financial I'm not. advisor? I'm no, just okay. well aware of what the tax situation is out there. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, because I'm smart. So if, you, <laughs> um, if you're just looking at it from the Padres standpoint, they had to take a chance on him. I think this is a great pickup for them, not just because of how good he is, but if he blends with Hosmer and then the upcoming young kids, I don't think he makes them a playoff team this year. But this could be a move where he's the cornerstone of a great young team. Or he's Robinson Cano and gets tra- or Alex Rodriguez and gets traded after two, three, four years. That's a possibility too. Right now, I'm going to say just because I know how good the Padres farm system is and I'm going to bet on them kind of doing what the Astros and Cubs and Indians and even to a lesser extent the Yankees have done, I'm going to say this was the move that's going to put them over the edge and you could see them being an NL, you know, juggernaut in the next two or three years. And he's 26. So even if it takes a couple years, he's still going to be well into his prime by the time they should get really good. Yeah. And I could also see them throwing stupid money at Dallas Keuchel now. Yeah. It sounded like they didn't really want to, um, 
go but, into another big free agent. But now, I mean, I don't think they have to overpay yet. I think they're smart enough to know we're not going to be a World Series team. The Dodgers are starting to slip, though, especially with this news that Kershaw's arm is really barking, which, by the way, quick sidebar for all Met fans that want DeGrom extended, this is what you get. This guy's been hurt. He's been, you know, too many innings, and now he doesn't want to pitch, and you're stuck with him for another three years paying him an exorbitant amount of money. Let DeGrom's contract figure itself out. Let him pitch the next two years without a long-term commitment. God, I love being right because it's always just, this is just proof. Like, I know what I'm talking about. I think I think Machado. You're a smart guy. I am. I think this Machado signing was good for them. Obviously, the Yankees want to know part of him. Dodgers want to know part of him. I don't really want to get into some people with the Dodgers saying he was a bad teammate and selfish and they didn't like him. Listen, I don't know that for sure. All I know is he's a damn good player. I also know that the Yankees didn't feel they needed him. They have a young third baseman who came in second place in the AL Rookie of the Year last year who they envisioned could be the third baseman for the next 10 to 12 years. They have Glaber Torres. What this says to me is they're probably going to look to extend Didi too. They love Didi and Didi loves them. Don't need to spend this money. You're right. If it was a six-year, seven-year, 175, I'd say, yeah, I think you could make that work. 10 years, 300 million, 30 million a year. I'm, I'm fine good. without that. All right, so let's move on to the other big free agency. It happened about one. eight hours ago. And, Sean, you were right again, I think, when you said, I think Harper's going to make more money. The Philadelphia Phillies and Bryce Harper have agreed to a 13-year, $330 million deal. This has a full no-trade clause, and there are no opt-outs. Which he requested. The full no-trade clause or the no opt-out? No opt-outs. Why? I, that's what I don't I think understand. think he wants to be there. He said that the next place he was going to sign, that was going to be his place for the rest of his career. Hmm. Well, he's still got the no-trade clause. He can pretty much do what Stan did if he wanted to. But I don't know if that'll ever happen. Um, turned down the Dodgers offer for $180 million for four years. Would have paid him $45 million a year. Wow. And he <laughs> still would have been in, in heavily in his prime in the, uh, four years after that. He probably could have gotten another one of those. Yep. Um, and he turned down the Giants offer of 12 years, 310. I guess, honestly, it's kind of like, eh, 330 for 13, an extra year. I'll take the extra 20 mil right there. Um, so what does this mean for the Phillies, first of all? I think the Phillies are now the team to beat in the NL East. Uh, okay. Now, they let's, got Bryce, let's preface this with saying, at least in my opinion, Bryce Harper's name goes a lot further than his game. Well, we agree on that, and we've uh, we've both said our piece, and it didn't mean that we didn't want the Yankees to go after him at a certain point, but also the fact that I think John Carlos Stanton's a better player. <laughs> I do, I too. I don't think it's even really that close. Ah, their stats will back that up, too. Um, but... He is still a prime time, tremendous player. In his prime, he's going to be great. This is going to take him till age thirty nine. So this should be the rest of his career. Oh my God, I'm going to be forty years old when his contract ends. Um, thirteen years ago, just to give you how an idea of how long ago that was. Thirteen years ago is when the Yankees signed signed Johnny Damon. Wow, that was a long time ago. Um, but. I think this means for the Phillies, they they put the icing on top of a great offseason cake. They signed David Robertson to be their closer. They got Andrew McCutcheon. You now have an outfield of Herrera, Harper, and McCutcheon. 
You also traded for Gene Segura, so you have your shortstop. You get to keep Mikel Franco at third and hope he builds upon what started as a very promising career, and he's kind of fallen off a bit of late. You got Reese Hoskins moving back to first. Oh, and they traded for JT Real Muto. That's an all-star team in itself right there, and I think Franco hitting seventh. As opposed to hitting fourth, he's going to be hitting. He's going to be getting a lot of fastballs right down the dick, and he's going to be hitting some bombs. This team is fucking good. The Braves have the great young nucleus. They acquired Josh Donaldson. They re-signed Marcakis. They have a really good young pitching staff. I like a lot of the moves the Mets have made, but already guys are getting hurt because it's the Mets. And the Nationals did sign Patrick Corbin, and I think that they're still going to be really good. I mean, they're top three of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. They have Trey Turner. They have, obviously, we've seen Juan Soto. They have Victor Robles coming up. They've got Rondon at third. They've got plenty of talent. Zimmerman, that's a really good team, too. But I think that just from pitching staff to everyday players, quality of everyday players, and now you have Harper who is going to use that Philly stadium as a band box. I think he hits 45 bombs this year. Wow. Okay. Pop-ups to right go out. So yeah. I'm surprised he stayed in the division from one standpoint. He's going to get destroyed in Washington because he turned down a 10-year $300 million deal to start the uh, off season. But you know what? If he wants to be a Philly, and I oh, and I was saying, if he really wanted to be a Philly, he'd be here by now. If he really wanted to be a Philly, he'd be here by now. I think he was using the other teams as leverage. I think the Dodgers are in a perfect situation was going to be the team that he was going to play for. Close to Vegas, box office, Hollywood. But he also wanted to set a precedent, as did his agent Scott Boris, for the biggest deal ever. He wasn't going to get that. Even if he had the highest annual value of this proposed $45 million for four years, you're not setting you know, a watershed moment as far as commitment, especially when you saw Manny Machado just got 10, and you already have Stanton. This now eclipses Giancarlo Stanton's 13-year, $325 million deal that he signed with the Marlins uh, as an extension. Richest contract of all time. He didn't get his $400 million, but 330 is pretty goddamn good pretty goddamn close as well i this was a big this was huge but all signs pointed to philly because we had heard all off season they were going to spend that quote-unquote stupid money they were not going to go an off season without signing one of these two guys no not and at I all. i think harper even though they courted machado i think that segura trade said you would you're either going to be our third baseman or not I think having Machado or I think having Harper stealing him away from the Nationals, making him the brand name on this good young team with a lot of other great acquisitions that this team has made that I highlighted earlier. God damn, this team's super good and they're going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So the last major not free agent but signing was Nolan Arenado signs a massive extension. So he basically called bullshit that the Yankees are going to grab him. Um, <laughs> yeah. To a th- $32.5 million a year. It was deal. making him the highest paid ever per year until Harper signed. Till eight hours ago. Yep. And there's an opt out after the third year and a full no trade clause. Awesome this is deal something for both that, parties. in my opinion, that they, uh, the Rockies had to do. Because that guy's a real stud. 
He really is. And I thought this was a great deal for both guys. I, I think that for, for Arenado, he clearly likes playing in Colorado. That team has a lot of good young players and, and he's going to be the cornerstone, you know, kind of how they envisioned Tulowitzki was going to be before he got hurt and they shipped him to Toronto. And I think having the, the opt-out after the third allows him to say, to look at the market and say if he's still playing great, if there's a team where maybe the third base situation hasn't worked out or the Rockies start to bottom out. He does have a full no trade, so he can also dictate where he wants to go. But it seems like he loves being a Rocky, and this is what teams are doing now. You know, he had set the benchmark for arbitration where he was going to be making, I think, $28 million this year just off arbitration. So they said, why are we just going to sign you for this year? Hop on board for another seven. We'll pay you this. You're starting to see this become a trend now. I mean, I, th- I think it started with Stanton, and now it's just going on down the line with these teams. This is a team-friendly deal. Despite it being $32.5 million annual salary, 260 I believe, for eight years, which sounds like a ridiculous amount of money, and it is, for a player like Arenado, that's actually a bargain. Because if he hit the open market next year, he could be looking at $300 million. Yeah, that that's definitely true. So back to the two free agents. What does this mean for MLB free agency in general? For me, in my opinion, I still think MLB free agency is in massive trouble. I couldn't agree Because you more. have to look at the, the rest of the guys. The really talented guys that have yet to sign. Craig Kimbrell, Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez did sign. He's a twin. Two years, oh, sorry. Yeah. Million. I'm yep. still talking about Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, and a few others. And, and we're almost in March. Tomorrow is March in about two hours. So, And these guys still haven't signed. I put over here Machado and Harper. Those guys are outliers. Those are once-in-a-generation type players. So they're going to get their whatever, 10-year, 300 mil or 13-year, $330 million deals regardless. It just took a little bit longer because teams are thriftier. But as for well, the guys, also there weren't nearly as many teams bidding for them. Exactly, but as for the other guys, it's really scary right now, and I still think we're headed for a work work stoppage for the ninety nine point nine percent of the league that are in trouble when it comes to free agency. Your Mike Mustakis, who has to sign one constant year. one year deals, who this guy is an all star. Yasmani Grandal. Yasmani Grandal as one well. Year. These these guys are all star level Gonzalez, players. Marwin two years, twenty one million. Yeah. There's a work stoppage coming, and I think MLB really has to do something about their free agency. I couldn't agree with you more, man. I was interested to hear how what you thought, and and I, I echo everything that you said. I'll also say what this is saying is that players don't want to be free agents because I bet you this was a terrible winter. Even though they got their years and they got their money, Manny Machado doesn't want to be a San Diego Padre. He wanted to be a New York Yankee. The Yankees built up their farm system where they didn't need him. And they made shrewd trades for Didi Gregorius, who turned out to be an all-star shortstop. They don't need to throw this kind of money. They don't need a Bryce Harper. They made their big acquisition last year in getting Giancarlo Stan. Also, they have a guy named Aaron Judge who came up through their farm system and is nowhere near any time where you need to make an extent or sign him to an extension. The Los Angeles Dodgers brought up Cody Bellinger. They've brought up Jock Peterson. They brought up Corey Seager. Kyle Seager, I'm sorry. They're no Corey. Yeah, right Corey's for time. yeah, Corey's for Kyle's the Dodgers. On the Mariners. That's right. Yeah. Third base. So good job though. Thanks, bud. Um but <laughs> you can't say the name was wrong. They're both I, both the same. No, you were right. Um, whatever. But teams with the highest payrolls, also the Cubs. 
Chris Bryant, homegrown. Anthony Rizzo, they got him young from the Padres. They've got to sign uh, Baez soon. They are they made a terrible signing for Jason Hayward with their paying. They've got Schwarber who has to play the outfield. There's no room or money really for a lot of these marquee teams. So I think Har- I think Philly's that second tier of market. I think Harper could be a star anywhere. But I don't think he really wanted to be a Philly. I just don't think he wanted to sign a four-year deal with the Dodgers. And I don't think he looked at himself as a San Francisco giant. And Manny Machado is a Padre. That's not what they wanted. They got their money. They got their years. And they worked the contracts the way they wanted to. What I'm looking is the, the Nolan Arenado kind of situation. Where he's looking up and down and seeing Machado and seeing Harper you know, desperately trying to find teams that can pay them. He doesn't want to do that. And, you know, he's looking. He's like, okay, if the Yankees aren't going after Manny Machado, how much are they going to offer me, especially if Andujar continues to be good? Where else am I going? I'm not going to the Cubs. I'm not going to the Dodgers. I'm not going to, you know, any other brand-name team. I like it here in Colorado. I'm playing really well. It's a fun team. I feel comfortable here. My family's here. Yeah. Back up Sign the brain up. truck, and, yeah. and I'm and I'm and I'm good. Um, so this is showing to me, and when we talk about the Yankees in a couple minutes, we'll you know you're starting to see this trend. I don't think guys are interested in free agency. I think this is starting to scare the shit out of them. Dallas Keuchel might not be what he was in 2015. He's still a really good pitcher. I said on my on our podcast with Mike, he's a number two on a bad team and a number three on a on a good team. Either way, he's a very valuable starting pitcher. Now, last year we saw Jake Arrieta sign in, in March. We saw you Darvish sign in late February. But it's still, these are these are really good pitchers. They can't find jobs. Craig Kimbrell, you can't find a job? I don't care how unrealistic your expectations of a, sign, of a deal are. You can't find anything even close to that? Teams don't want to pay you. So it's like, don't you think that he would have taken an extension with the Red Sox if he could have? Taken that? Don't you think that Keuchel would have done that with the Astros? Now, I think if you if you were to rewind the tape, they would have. And now you're in this situation where these guys are going to take these massive extensions, which could be really good for the teams. Maybe allow teams like the Rockies to continue to stay relevant because they're not going to have to worry about losing out on their best player. But also these great players who look forward to their free agency because it's supposed to be a time where, especially if they're great players, teams are throwing themselves at them. Clearly, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, man. Work stoppage is coming. I think so. I feel it. They're going to have to figure something out, whether it's a bottom cap, like we said, or or a a league minimum salary kind of cap kind of thing. Or, I don't know, maybe they do a period where you can only sign within a certain amount of time. And that's going to be almost impossible because, you know, if you have somebody that gets hurt, you know, it comes spring training and you're not signed and you went somewhere, you'd be like, oh, fuck, I would much rather wouldn't have gone there. But that's, yeah, that's tough, the name of the game. That's the name of the game. So we'll see. All right. So listen, there's something that we haven't talked about in a while, aside from hoping that they sign uh, Manny Machado, and that's the New York Yankees. So spring training has begun. Let's talk a little bit about our team, the New York Yankees. Let's do it. All right. So starting off, we have Aaron Hicks getting an extension again. Here Here's we go. Following it. the trend. Seven years, 70 million. Extremely team-friendly. Oh, my God. It's incredibly. incredible. Um, after that, we have extension talks for Dellen as well as Didi. And I think those are going to get done probably, what do you think, by season start? I think Dellen before the season, I think they're going to be a little more patient with Didi because he's not playing until probably July or August. 
But every move that they made this year showed that they're going to commit to Didi. I think they love Batances. Cashman loves his super bullpens. And you can sign Batances to an extension right now. We talked about the Severino deal on on the podcast with Mike. That was incredibly team friendly. You buy out his last year of arbitration and get his or his last few years of arbitration and you get him for his first full free agent year. Now Aaron Hicks, who seven years, seventy million, and you know for a long time I was not an Aaron Hicks fan. Uh, I didn't understand what they saw in him. What do you think now? He was a plus five war player last year. So that's really good. Um Obviously, we know what he is defensively, but he, he's got pop. I just wish he was healthy more, but I think if you can bank on that, he's 29 years old. He's a switch hitter with power from both sides. He's got incredibly great plate discipline, walks at a really high rate. On base, you know how the Yankee analytic department loves that. I think this is a great deal for for him, and I think it's a really good deal for the Yankees. If they're not going to swim in the Bryce Harper pool, they're going to look to get guys like this, and they're going to look at a free agent market. You know, the other thing, too, is it gives them cover for Esteban Florio, who has not progressed the way that they've wanted to, although he's still very highly regarded amongst both the Yankees and Major League Baseball as a whole. But now you can let him just kind of develop. He's never played a game above a ball. His strikeouts are a problem. If he does come up in a couple years, maybe you shift Hicks over to left or he becomes, you know, a fourth outfielder or whatever you want to do. He's not making enough money for that to really be a major issue. He's not a Jacoby Ellsbury, you know, kind of guy. Or you use Floriel now as a trade chip because you have your center fielder of the next seven years. I think it was a great deal for the Yankees and for Hicks. How about you? I'm in complete agreement. Super team friendly, and it gives Hicks some some assurance he's going to be around for at least seven years. Um, all right, with so an let's, option for an eighth. Yes. So let's move on to some guys that are actually playing in spring training right now. It has begun, my friend. I'm, Finally, I a love team it. that we have a chance to win a championship with. I love it. it. Feels really good. It does. All right. So Bird and Voigt both getting off to hot starts. Birds looked ridiculously good. I'm I'm not. You know what fooled me once. How about, me once. how about twice? How about three times? Because yeah. he's done that. Well, he'll probably throw out his back playing video games or something. <laughs> he'll hurt his thumb um, or something like that dur- during the spring training. But Void also hit a bomb the other day. Yeah, with a nice bat flip after that. So they both look pretty good. Um, either one starting first this year, I can't be too upset about. No, I mean, I think it, it's very interesting to see which one the Yankees really want to win. I think part of it is Bird because he came up through their they system. They want Bird to win. You and he's the left-handed know. hitter that balances out that lineup. And he's had he's had flashes where it's like, this guy's freaking great. When he came up for Teixeira in 15, that home run he hit off Miller in 17. But then he was just kind of an ass last year and didn't do anything. Now, Cashman loved Voight. You know, he got him from the Cardinals and he had said he'd seen him a lot in the minors and, and was really zeroing in on him because they thought he was an actual real hitter. Unlike Tyler Austin who had pop and you know, was a good player, but they didn't think he was a real hitter. This guy is a real, hitter. he's a real hitter, man. I mean, I saw a stat. It was like Manny Machado when he was acquired by the Dodgers hit, I think like two seventy five with like eight home runs and like 30 something RBIs. Boy, hit 333 with like 
12 home runs and like 41 RPIs when the Yankees got him. So I thought, I, I don't know which one they really want to start. I don't think you could be wrong with either. And I think this competition is good because there's a light to fire under Bird's ass because for the first time in a few years, he's not the sure thing first baseman. He has to fight for that job. He's looked really good in spring. I hope that, I hope that whoever wins won because they had to work their fucking ass off and that carries into the season with momentum. And we've seen the season so long, there's no guarantee that whoever starts is going to finish there. If Voight comes up and he's 0 for 31 with eight strikeouts. But I think he's a legitimate hitter. And for Bird, I love that lefty bat in the lineup if he can, if he can produce. I, I, I know they're not going to keep both of them up there at the same time because they only play first. I don't know who I want to win this because both are really, you know, obviously Voight's the likable guy. Whoever plays Weller. But better. Just, Weller. Just, just, <laughs> I just want to see us get some fucking production from first base this year. Because God knows, with the exception of the last two months of Voight last year, the Yankees haven't gotten anything from first base since the first half of 2015 from Mark Teixeira. That's terrible, and I just said the word Weller. So, you know, it's getting late. Your CEO's got to get to bed. I got to be up at 4 a.m. Oh, to we grind. know your vocabulary. Got to be up at 4 a.m. to grind. Um, so CC's P moved slowly as expected just because, you know, he did have a heart scare over the winter. I'm not too worried about it. I think the doctors cleared him. So Yeah, he's fine. He, his, uh, they're just, you know, they're trying they're to. They're being smart with him. And yeah. then finally, the thing that I'm most excited for, supposedly Clint Frazier is fully healthy and hopefully he can take over that left field and make Brett Gardner what he should be, a fourth outfielder. Yeah, I'm excited for Clint too. Um, we're both big Clint Frazier fans. I think though, just knowing how the Yankees handle things, they're gonna start Brett Gardner. Yeah, and they're know. gonna have Frazier in AAA. But honestly, I think that's for the best. You know, you did resign Gardner to a one-year, eight million dollar deal. The Get the way, most out of him. The only way Frazier starts left field for the Yankees on opening day is if he hits over 400 during spring training. Yeah, and and, and two is you know what? Get as much as you can from Gardner now. But also with Frazier, make sure these concussion symptoms are really behind him. Start him in AAA where he doesn't have pressure. Let him ease his way back into playing baseball every day for the first time in a year. And then if he's raking come late April and Gardner's kind of eh, all right, you bring Frazier up and now it's your time, kid. Because we've been anxiously anticipating a full Clint Frazier show. Not, okay, you're up for a month because there's injuries. No, we when he comes up next, he's got to be there to stay. Because I can't wait to see them, and I know you can't either. Yeah, no, no doubt in my mind. And this team, man, I am excited. I am fired up. Can about we this talk season. about the last thing here? What is that? Troy Tulowitzki looks fucking good. Yeah, we I, already mentioned er, that at the early, early in the pod. So. It's early, but he's hit two bombs, and his glove has looked awesome. Apparently, his range is really good. I can't wait to watch him, and I and the. The thing that excites me about him is he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Did you hear? So he hit that first home run against Marcus Stroman the other day to right field, took a fastball the other way. As he's rounding first, he's saying, let's fucking go. And like yelling at the Blue Jay bench, the team that Let him basically go. is paying his $40 million for the next two years to say, we don't even want to take a chance at you at shortstop because we think you're done. He's playing with a big-time edge. And if you think about it, if the Yankees, who don't need to rely on him because of the versatility they have, 
They need him to play a couple games a week to start, get his feet underneath him, and back to playing baseball every day. You shift Glaber over to short, you got LeMahieu playing second, who's a legitimate second baseman, not one of these guys who's 38 years old and you need, you know, you sign him to a one-year, you know, team-friendly deal. This is a legitimate player who's going to play almost every day. You get to keep Tulowitzki fresh. You get to play him, you know, for the for the first half or until whenever Didi comes back. It also allows you to not have to rush Didi back. Make sure when he does come back, he's fully healthy, ready to go. And if Didi's rehab takes a little longer, you've got a productive player. If Didi comes back and he's raking, you could trade him for an asset. There's a lot of flexibility that a really that a productive Troy Tulowitzki can give you. He's going to help them win baseball games in the first half of the year. That's for sure, as long as he's healthy. And secondly, the options that they have for him to make sure, A, that he does stay healthy, and B, if they need to go get a pitcher and he's raking and Didi's playing, Didi's your everyday shortstop. There's no question about that. You've got your bench pieces I I don't see a ba- I don't see a way in which this doesn't work out. I mean, yeah, not to mention the fact that they signed him to the league minimum. I mean, they're paying him five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's it's crazy because the Blue Jays. That's the amazing thing. That's kind of what and Boone said it. I like a guy with a chip on his shoulder. You know, I think Gardner. We might see some of this from too because he knows Fraser's coming. He knows this is his last year. He knows he's not the left fielder of the future anymore. And maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm going to give it, I'm going to play like this guy's right behind me and, and fighting for my job. You got Tulo, who, it, you know, for a guy that was, a, you know, five years ago, regarded as one of the top 10 players in all of baseball, all in accounts from Colorado was he's a baseball junkie, you know, grew up idolizing Derek Jeter, war number two in Colorado, went to the Blue Jays, played well there, helped them get to a playoff, helped them get to the ALCS in 2015. In 2016, guy didn't play he had a year and a half taken away from him because of these heel surgeries, which also is what Cespedes is going through. So any Met fan who thinks he's coming right back, not necessarily so. Um, this guy loves playing baseball, and he picked the Yankees. He, he had a, about 11 teams going for him. He picked the Yankees. He wants to win a World Series. He grew up idolizing Jeet, of course, but also. To be told by a team that's not going to make the playoffs that we would rather just not have you here because we totally think you're done, despite the fact that we're paying you $40 million in the next two years, that's got to be a shot to the pride and the ego. He's only 34. He's not 39. And remember, Alex Rodriguez in 2015, before he totally bottomed out in the second half, he was playing like an all-star in the first half of that year, and he was 39. If you get that kind of performance from Tulowitzki at 34, knowing that you don't have to rely on him the whole season, it makes me giddy just thinking about it. Yeah, man. Th- this team, it's got me really excited. Even without signing Machado or, or even Harper, I- Well, let I'm me ask really you a question. Seeing the figures team. that they signed for. I'm not do mad you, about do you it have at all. Any- no, no, not at all. I'm over it. I'm definitely over it. If I'm going to be much more. What do you upset. do with your Machado pants? Um, you saving them for the Jets draft or the no, Knicks draft? Not the Jets draft, the Knicks draft. Okay. And I'm actually no, I'm saving them. I'm, I'm saving one pant leg for the Knicks draft, and then the other pant leg for when the Knicks sign Durant and, okay. and Kyrie and or D'Angelo Russell. It's not going to be Russell, dude. He's um, playing with Brooklyn. The Machado pants have been hung up, and I'm over it. I didn't there. I didn't throw them. I hung them up 
gently. No stains on them, I hope. No stains on them at all. They're okay. pristine. They are ready to go for something else big. So let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of the Jets to the NFL, Harden just scored 58 points, by the way. Wow. Um, second MVP. Yeah, second for MVP. <laughs> tied, with, tied with, um, what's his face, Paul George. Flacco got traded to Denver for a fifth-round pick. How do you feel about this for the Broncos? Because I feel like the Broncos just traded for Case Keenum's backup. Is there a better quarterback that's a worse GM at grading quarterbacks uh, than John Elway? I mean, God, this is almost, this is horrible. It's almost at the point where he wants to be considered the greatest Broncos quarterback ever, and he'll do anything in his power <laughs> to keep it that way. It sounds like it. It's like self-sabotage. Um, <laughs> dude, it's nuts. A fifth-round pick for Flacco in a vacuum isn't horrible. I don't know what he's expecting to get. I mean, you did this with Case Keenum. Flacco hasn't been that good in a long time. And also, what were you rushing to do this for? You see no what idea. happened today. It honestly, Nick Foles is going to be a free agent. The, the Eagles are not signing him. It honestly, look the way it looks and the way it feels is that Elway was like, all right, uh, we need to win a Super Bowl. We've made so many moves. We got to get back to the Super Bowl. What, what did I do last time I had to go to the Super Bowl? I went out and got a Super Bowl winning quarterback that was available. He went out and paid Manning, fell into his lap. Oh, let me just go get a Super Bowl quarterback that's available. That's it just point. happened to be Joe Flacco. Yeah. Yeah. The two names are a little different. But yes, uh, you're right, though. The parallel is absolutely there. Clearly, he can't draft a quarterback. Uh, Paxson Lynch, Brock Osweiler, to name a few. Trevor Simeon, who was a seventh rounder and started. Um, and has and actually wasn't been. Bad. No, and has actually been their most successful one since Peyton retired, which goes to show the ineptitude of the position there. But no, I, I, truthfully, I, I was shocked when I saw it. I don't know what to make of it. If I see that full signs with like a Jacksonville, I'm going to be like, wow, you really dropped the ball on this, Elway. Because, and listen, maybe Flacco goes out, has a chip on his shoulder, and plays well. You know, it's easy to see for a guy who has won, knowing that a team that you were drafted by is telling you that they, we don't want you anymore. We're going to play this young kid, even though he's stinking up the joint in a playoff game, obviously shows that they were done with him. They had to move on from him. Denver was a buyer. Clearly the case Keenum thing didn't work out. And for everybody that likes taking chances, and I'm talking to some giant fans out there that want free agent quarterbacks, this is what you get. Because Case Keenum has one good year, and everybody thinks it's a great signing. All of a sudden, he's getting demoted for Joe Flacco. So, free agency is not the way to go for as far as longevity and uh, long-term success is concerned from your team's uh, from your team's quarterback. The Eagles are not going to franchise Nick Foles, making him a free agent. Where do you think his best landing spot is, man? I think it is Jacksonville. Honestly, I mean, looking out there at the other teams that need quarterbacks, I think Jacksonville's by far the most, I guess you would say, ready-made winner. All they really need is a quarterback, and if they didn't have Blake Bortles running the show, I think a couple receivers would help too. But Yeah, they, they have a lot of young guys. I mean, D.D. Westbrook is pretty good. The other guy, Cole, is a guy that can stretch the field. They, they just aren't that good because of the guy throwing them the football. So I think if you get a proven guy in there that can actually – move the ball down the field and make the throws necessary, you're going to start really learning those guys' names. Um, but I, I think Jacksonville is the best move for him. What say you? Yeah, 
I'm in agreement with you. And this has been it's rumored. It's got a running game between Yeldon and, and Fournette as well. I yep. don't know if Fournette stays there very long. He I seems think, to have fallen out of favor. But. Yeah, I think he has. But I think also if you if you sign Foles, you don't want to give take away a weapon from him. No. And, and Fournette is a weapon. And I think part of why he's been so temperamental – Again, was the Blake Bortles situation? You know, if you if you have a guy who you're playing with that you don't believe in can do anything, you, both offensively and defensively, you're gonna just feel like we're throwing away a chance to be great because well, not this only guy's, feel like it, these guys have actually said it. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so it's much more than feeling it. Um, they they gotta make a move because even though Indianapolis won that division. There were a lot of holes on that team. I'm not convinced what Tennessee is. I'm not even actually Houston won that division. I'm sorry. Um, Indianapolis was a uh, was wild a wild card, card. but Houston too. I mean, I know you. I, I picked Deshaun Watson to win MVP. I do like Watson, but I don't know how good the rest of that team really is. The AFC West or the AFC South rather is up for grabs, and I think Jacksonville being so close to the Super Bowl in 2017 is going to look at this and say, we can't piss away this chance. Yeah, we can draft a quarterback, but let's go get a sure thing. Now, I don't know if Foles is a sure thing, but, but he's, he's more of a sure thing. thing. To a sure thing. Exactly. Then and he's anybody. more of a sure thing next year than any rookie quarterback. Agreed. Um, so let's move on to the next one, and that is the soap opera of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have Antonio Brown uh, requesting a trade, and we have Le'Veon Bell not being franchise tagged. So they are actually going to let him become a free agent. I think that's for the best too. He doesn't want to be there. What are you keep, What are you putting on the transition tag for? Just let him go. Yeah, Wipe, I, yeah. I agree wash with your that. hands of it. James Connors, good. You can find good running backs anywhere. Bell, you don't have to. You have James Connor. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like you can find good running backs anywhere. James Connor was, you know, the a third local, round pick. kid out of Pitt. You know he. You don't have to be Le'Veon Bell to win games. Um, so I think that was a good decision for Pittsburgh. Get him out of there. Don't even worry about it. You know, get that toxicity out of the locker room and let him go wherever he pleases, which will be whoever pays him the most money. Maybe, and I think it's going to be your New York football Jets. The oh, Indianapolis Colts are another are another strong option. Actually, I like that. I want the Jets to get weapons for Darnold. I think you have to. I mean, listen, even if you have to throw a boatload of money at him, that's why they've worked so hard to get this much money under the cap. What do you think about the Antonio Brown situation, man? Can you take this anymore? Because it's making me exhausted. How do you feel about it? What do you think is going to happen, and where does he go? I really don't know what's going to happen because the Steelers just seem like that classic organization that are not one to do things like this and just trade guys away just because they ask for it. From what what I think of the situation, honestly, it's so annoying at this point. I'm sick and tired of it. And Antonio Brown's a hell of a player, but I he irks me. He really rubs me the wrong way. Um, and what do I think that they should do is they should just take it down to the 11th hour and try and work things out with him. Really? Lock him and Ben in a room. This guy is the best wide receiver in football, and he has been for a they while. They haven't won anything with him, though. Does that have to do with Le'Veon Bell? Does that have to do with Big Ben? Supposedly, Big Ben's a pain in the ass. Well, Big Maybe. Ben's going to stay there. They've already said that they're going to commit to him out of the three. I, I understand that, but I think, honestly, a guy like this, you don't just give him away. 
No, I don't you think they'll just the, give him you away. Wait till the final hour. He's gonna fetch probably a second round pick. Oh, I think he's gonna get you more than that. I I don't know, man. I don't know between the contract and, and whatever else, and also with all the baggage that he brings around. People are talking second round pick grade right now, so. I don't know. I would try and make it right with him, and I feel like that's what the Steelers are going to do, whether they have to – I don't know if they're going to fire Tomlin. I don't think they should. I really think they should fire their GM, who hasn't done a good job of recent, especially handling the Le'Veon Bell thing, who wanted to come back towards the end of the season, and they would not stand – they would not give him an extension. Um, I would try and work things out, but – the way I see it going, I think he's probably going to be a 49er. He's already Instagrammed it. The Niners need the weapons. All they really have is Kittle out there and Goodwin as a guy who can run a straight line. And Jimmy G needs some weapons. And the Niners don't look very smart right now aside from training for Jimmy G with their recent draft. So no, maybe they've done a poor job. Maybe they'll just do something like that to cover it up. What do you think? Well, it's interesting that you'd say San Francisco because – I think that's the best spot for him. I think they're the best destination, you know, to get that guy because they need him so badly. But if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm going to show my spite, spiteful side again that you know I love. I'm not trading him anywhere he wants to go unless that team by far, you know, Gives me what I want. If if San Francisco says, "Listen, we're going to give you a, a this year's second and a first next year for Antonio Brown," then I do it because I think that's probably going to be the best deal you find. Other than that, you you want to go to you want to go to San Francisco? Yeah, you want to be the next Jerry Rice? Well, guess what? I'm not putting you there because you said and opened your mouth again, saying that that's where you want to go. I'm going to ship you off to some team that you have no desire to play for like a Buffalo because even though that's in the AFC I don't think that they look at Buffalo even with Antonio Brown as being a threat to them because they play in the AFC East which is owned by the New England Patriots yes still owned by the New England Patriots so Super Bowl champion Robert Kraft owned exactly so I would do something like that if I were Pittsburgh I would say shut up Oh. I'm not putting you anywhere that Whoa. you want to go. Sean, you're you scaring are, me. You, are, you have been nothing but a pain in our ass. We've done everything to accommodate you. You've put up great numbers. I don't know what more you want. Shut up. Play for us with the contract that we're paying you. And we will trade you to whomever gives us the best deal. Do what Popovich did with Kawhi and send him to Toronto. If that's where, if it, you know... Listen, you say you want to go to LA? Yeah, we'll we'll send you to Toronto. I'm sure I'm sure you will, you're going to love it there. Send him to Buffalo, send him to Tampa Bay, send him to some place that sucks where the quarterback's awful and then he can have an appreciation for what he had for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is one of the hallmark organizations in the NFL, and Ben Roethlisberger who despite his personality, which I don't love, is a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You can't get much worse than that. You really are much better than that. Honestly, you well, can't. You put it pretty well, and Sean is for hire Pittsburgh Steelers if you want to get rid of your current GM. Sounds like he's got a few ideas there. Spite. So, Big fan of spite. <laughs> let's talk about a rumor that you, that we have uh, cir- circling uh, certain news networks. Cowherd originally yeah, said Colin this, Coward I believe. broke this last week. Russell Wilson asked for a trade to the New York Giants. 
How do you feel about this? How true is it? How would you feel if it happened? I think you'd be pretty happy. Oh, I would be ecstatic. And I would give up the sixth pick this year, a future first, and then a second or a third, whatever else it would take. Listen, the only reason that this is coming up is because his wife, Ciara, wants to be in New York. Um, apparently, he the, the Seahawks don't really want to give him a big extension, which he's due for after, this cur- after 2019, uh, which is the last year of his current deal. I don't think he's loved in that locker room. And I and I think that there was a big reason why that, you know, Legion of Boom Seattle team didn't stick together was because the Seahawks decided they wanted to pay him instead of, you know, your Richard Sherman's, Earl Thomas's and the like, Cam Chancellor's, and said when they were saying, Listen, we're the reason we're here. He's good, but He's not nearly as good as you think. Now, this year he was phenomenal because we both were in agreement that that team was going to suck. And they were a playoff team and 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 uh, almost won a playoff game in Dallas. So I, if I'm the Giants, I definitely explore it. Maybe it's Odell and a first or Odell and two seconds or you – just use much of draft capital as you can to make this happen. And then I'd you do everything I could to hold on to it. I, I would, I would too. But if it came down to, you don't get Russell Wilson if you don't involve Odell. I'm, I'm trading Odell. Um, Agree with you there. So, or you use Odell then to send to another team to get some of those draft, you know, spots back. Um, maybe a team like Oakland. Uh, who's going to need box office when they move to Vegas because that team's not very good. And Gruden's kind of crazy. Uh, when I say kind of, I mean he's freaking nuts. Um, so I would be just floored by this. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen right now, but so much can happen. And if the Seahawks just say, listen, we're not giving him an extension. He wants to be a giant. What could you give us for him? And the Giants signed him to an extension. Because I'll tell you this, even if you, if you, if you have Beckham, with Russell Wilson as your quarterback, and Eli, you know I love you. And if you're back, I'm not going to hate it as long as they draft your your replacement. But if they have Russell Wilson as the quarterback with Saquon, Odell, Shepard, and Ingram, they don't need a great offensive line. That team now is the favorite in the NFC. Oh, without NFC question. East. I'm sorry, NFC East. Without but, question. So the I, I would, I would, I would go nuts for this. I don't know how legit, but I do trust Coward. He's a legitimate source. He he knows what he's saying, and he's not going to just throw this out there for fun and games. His reputation's on the line. This is what he's hearing, and I've heard some other publications whisper it as well. So we'll see. Do you think there's any traction to this, and and do you think the Giants should just go all in for it? Well, I'm in lockstep with you when it comes to Cowherd. I don't think the guy the guy's built a career off breaking some some weird stories like this. So, and it gets other people talking about it. So he must have some validity to his sources. Um, and I think the Giants should go balls out for this. I wouldn't trade Odell because it's like you sign this guy to an extension, you draft Saquon. Russell Wilson falls into your lap. I think you trade everyone in the world. But then but- you have to look at if you're Seattle though. Why am I trading my franchise quarterback when he's got a year left? I'll figure out the quarterback situation later, but if I trade Russell Wilson, I'm ex- I'm basically giving up the year unless I get the sixth pick and I draft Haskins, but that's still a crapshoot. Well, you're getting the sixth pick, and then maybe you could trade that in a bunch to the Jets for the third pick. And but what I'm saying is, is whoever they draft is not going to be Russell Wilson next year. So you're throwing away a year. Well, a complete rebuild. Right. 
which is do you want Odard because you were just a playoff team? Well, if you're trading Russell Wilson, you're probably not getting a quarterback of his caliber back, right? So probably why not. do you need Odell Beckham, who's on a deal? I'm not saying he's got need a clock him. on him. I'm just saying that if it, I don't think I don't he's think even going to be involved re- in the deal. Probably not. I'm just saying it would be. I don't think it's ridiculous to assume that they might ask. I agree, but then the Giants are going to counter with, why do you want Odell Beckham when you're not even going to have anybody to throw the ball to him when you rather want the draft capital? And I think that's what they really want. I think they would ask for Odell Beckham to see if the Giants would hang up the phone. Okay. Because, I mean, seriously, why would you want Odell Beckham when he's probably the best quarterback on your team at that point? <laughs> it's it's tough. Be back? I, I, Matt Flynn? Yeah. No, Castleback, maybe? Yeah, right. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would... I would have a tough time moving Russell Wilson if I was the Seahawks. No matter what he's requesting or asking. Well, if he's not going to resign, get what you can. I know it's just a, the NFL is such a one a, a win now league, is such a one year kind of thing where you look at that division and you're like, yeah, the Cardinals are still going to stink. You know, you've got the Rams, but if you sneak in as a wild card, you can make some noise. Don't know what San Francisco is going to be. He's won a Super Bowl. I'll take my chances. Maybe a better deal comes out. Sounds like from all indications, the Giants are planning on having Eli back. And one thing that I that's love... What the, that's what um, Gettleman... Shermer said for sure. He was much more adamant about it than Gettleman was. But Shermer, what I think was the money quote before we transition next into, uh, into your Jets to wrap up the podcast... What my favorite thing that Shermer said yesterday was, you know, I really like what the that Kansas City model. It seemed to work really well. And you know what that was? You start your veteran in Alex Smith. You draft your successor. You let him have plenty of time on the bench on a team that could be a playoff team. And then the next year you insert him. He's ready to go. He's got all the preparation down. He knows the playbook. He's feeling as confident as he can. He's walking into a situation with – Really good skill position players, hopefully an improved offensive line. When I say he, I'm sincerely hoping Dwayne Haskins. And I've said it. I don't hate Eli being back. I just want a plan that they have a, his successor in place for if the season goes wrong, you insert him then. If Eli plays well and the Giants are a playoff team, then all the better. You don't need to rush him, and he gets to come in when Eli's, Eli's done. You know, being a Super Bowl winning quarterback, I think I think he can still win some games for you, especially with the supporting cast. But if Shermer said that, that kind of gives me a little bit of a light into what they well, might be thinking. Well, my thing is this: before we get into our final topic on the Jets and the Giants, with the hypothetical here, no shit. Uh, finally, somebody cuts out the charade and starts speaking honestly. Because if he turned around and said, Eli's our guy and we're going to go with him and there was no sign of Now, he of that, did say, we think he has a few years left. Well, you say that out of respect to Eli, but if you're going to bring up Kansas City, clearly you're thinking about drafting your guy That's as what a quarterback. I feel. Yep. And finally, somebody's being honest and saying, and basically, if you read between the lines, saying Eli's on the way out and, and we're going to have another guy ready to go, finally. That's all I have to say about that. Maybe the rug was finally pulled out over there, you know, from on, over their eyes. I do like the fact, though, that they're just saying he's going to be back and and not fucking around with any of these free agent quarterbacks that are no good. No, not at all. You, you, 
I mean, come on, your boy MVP Kirk Cousins, how did he do? He didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that was so bad. Jesus. Yeah, I'm I glad mean, I beat you in football picks because, God, my rewards could not have been more wrong. Um, But, I mean, if, if Russell Wilson falls into your lap and you somehow figure out a way to trade three, four, five draft picks to get him, I would do it in a heartbeat. Me too. All right, so let's talk about the final thing. We're almost two hours in, but you haven't heard from us in how long. So I wasn't counting. I'm having a great time. Um, the Jets and the Giants making a trade. The Giants need a quarterback. The Jets have a pick that would almost guarantee them a quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. I like this I like this deal for both sides. I, I really do. The Jets need draft capital. They can move back in the draft and still get a premier pass rusher um, a little bit further down at number six. They can get a couple more assets out of the Giants. And very clearly, the Giants need their quarterback of the future, and maybe they're not feeling too safe at number six. I wouldn't feel safe at six. And if I'm the Jets, I entertain this like crazy. You gave up a lot to get Darnold, and if Darnold turns out to be what we think he's going to be, your baby boy turns out to be what we think he's going to be, which is a very good quarterback in the face of the Jets franchise for years to come, it's well worth it. But make no mistake, they gave up a lot, and for a team that still has a lot of holes, you bet you wish you had some of those picks still. So if they can entertain that third pick and move back in a draft that's super deep on defensive edge rushers and really good offensive linemen, yeah, I think you do that. And the Giants and Jets could make a great, great trade partners with each other because the Giants do really need to make sure and secure that they not only get a quarterback, but the quarterback that they want. Because at one and two, Cardinals and Niners are not taking quarterbacks. Unless there's this craziness that the Cardinals take Kyler Murray, again, who I don't really want the Giants to go for in the first place. The Jets, I think, McCagnan, this draft is going to make or break McCagnan. He took Darnold, but that was the safe and right pick. I think everybody would have done it. And as soon as they moved up to three last year, you knew that's what they were going to do. Now it's time to get some of that equity back, as you said. There's a lot of talent in this draft. You got to get. You got. It's hard not to be picking in the second round in this draft, especially when you'd be picking. Was that the 35th overall pick? So, if I'm if I'm the New York Jets, do the deal tomorrow. Do the deal tomorrow. If the Giants call, if not, you've got a team like Jacksonville who, if they miss out on, uh, if they miss out on um, Foles. They could be saying, we need a quarterback stat. New York Jets, pick up the phone. What can we get for the for the third pick? What do you want the Jets to do? Do you want them to take the best available player at three and just bank on it? Maybe a Josh Allen from uh, from Kentucky. No, I want them to make Quentin a trade. Williams. Yeah, do you, you want those picks back? Absolutely. I mean, if you can trade back to six and still have a chance at Quentin Williams and then also go out and get a... Pass rusher, pass rusher, or another guy, and a defensive back, or something like that. Yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yep, no doubt in my mind, I would do it in a heartbeat. You need the picks, and one guy isn't going to change change your franchise, but two or three guys might. Now, do if it. you do get an elite, I, the only argument I'll give you is if you do get that elite pass rusher, a Michael Strahan, a you know a a, J, a Jadavion Clowney type kind of guy, a JJ Watt kind of guy. Oh my God! Now you're now you've just built your entire defense around that guy. But you could get maybe an OCU Manura type guy 
and then a couple other people to you know fortify your offensive line. Work on maybe a skilled position. Get a running back in there if you don't get yeah, Bell. Absolutely. There's a lot of flexibility if you have more picks. And here's the deal. You got to trust McCagnan because he's there. But here's the situation at hand. If you take number three, do you trust him to make the right perfect pick at number three, the best player available on the board at three? Or do you trust him to make more picks if he trades that third overall pick? Either way, hit your confidence and all Jet fans' confidence in McCagnan is going to be tested and eventually justified on this year's draft. Absolutely. So that about wraps it up for this pod. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. This was a two-hour one. Usually aren't this long, but we had a lot we to had catch a up on. We had a shitload to do. Absolutely. And so man, I missed you. I missed didn't see you, too, you for bro. so long. I know, I know. Well, we will be back. You won't miss me for that long because we'll be back on Monday with our usual Monday rundown. A few other things to talk about then. So enjoy the weekend, everybody, and uh, enjoy the one on Monday. Take care. <laughs>